0: We have chosen to worship the Lord together with us. I was just thinking as the uh, screen was kind of bouncing around, in case you're new here, you're wondering, what in the world is that all about? Well, we have trains, that, these things called trains that drive by, and they happen to uh, shake the building a little bit when they do that. So that's what's happening there. It's not an earthquake or anything like that. So just a heads up on that. Are you excited to be here today? Are you excited to dig into the Word today? Amen. Well, we're going to do that. I'm going to give the opportunity during our time here today to have, how about some fathers who come up and read some scriptures for us. Does that sound like a good idea? How about that father right there in front? Yes, that sounds like a great idea.
1: I'm like, what?
0: We're going to have just a, a great time in the Word here together today. But, um, you know, we were coming back from um, North Dakota last night and, uh, and sometimes we just end up getting a little bit hungry. And, uh, and so, you know, we stopped at McDonald's in Fargo, and uh, I ended up eating a kid's meal. And his mom was so mad. Ah, uh, you're with me. Thank you. Very good. Do I need to start that one over? Well, I don't trust ears anymore, either, because they're always up to something. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get going and I'm gonna keep going until the place is just, like, busting at the seams. Um, you gotta tell dad jokes on dad's day, right? Paul, did you just get that one? <laughs> or you can't believe I'm telling these jokes? That's probably what it right. is. good, thank you. Awesome. Alright, let's take this a different direction. <laughs> Last week we talked about getting away from the leftover mentality and seek first the kingdom of God. On Monday morning we were having staff uh, prayer, which is what we usually do every Monday morning, just get together as staff and seek the Lord. And, um, and uh, Kyle had mentioned to me something that he had heard on uh, the Way of the Master podcast, Living Waters podcast, in relation to... How one of the ways that we may be getting a clue that uh, that maybe, well let's just put it this way, it's titled, Why Christians Never Go to Sporting Events, Why Christians Never Go to Sporting Events, you might say well that's, that sounds weird, that seems like something that we would do, but see if this doesn't relate maybe sometimes to the way oftentimes that we think about church. Sometimes to the way that we think about church. See if this relates. See if you've ever heard this in relation to a sporting event Then think if you may have ever possibly heard this in relation to church. How about this? Top 12 ways. Reasons why Christians never go to sporting events. The coach never came to visit me. Number one. The coach never came to visit me. How about this? Number two. Every time I went they asked for money. Huh! The chances, every time I went they asked for money. Number three, the people sitting in my row didn't seem very friendly. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go to that sporting event again. How about number four, the seats were very hard. That's really important for here at Church of Hope, right? I get it, these seats are hard. But we're talking about sporting events right now. Right, the seats were very hard. Or how about this one, the referees made a decision
1: I didn't agree with, so I ain't going back. Huh? I was sitting with hypocrites, they only came to see what others were wearing. <laughs> I like that one.
0: Oh, how about this one? Some games went into overtime and I was late getting home. Now we wouldn't want that to happen. The band played some songs I didn't know. The games are scheduled on the only day to sleep in and run errands. I'm not going to sporting events anymore. My parents took me To too many games when I was growing up. Or, since I read a book on sports, I feel that I know more than the coaches anyways. And the last one, I don't want to take my children because I want them to choose for themselves what sports they like best. Interesting, isn't it? Of course, we all know we've never heard that in relation to sports. But I've been a pastor now for a few years. And let me tell you, these are some of the things that you do here. And it might just be a wake-up call that, uh, am I truly seeking his kingdom first? Is his kingdom the number one priority for me as an individual and for my family as a whole? And if not, what do I need to realign? And ask God, God, help me with this. Help me put you first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of the things, all of the, all of the good things that you and I need, right? That's what Jesus mentioned when he was telling his people this, all of the good things that you need, what you wear, the food you eat, all of these things. God is a great provider and he takes care of all of these things that we need. But he tells you and I as believers. Seek his kingdom first. And his righteousness. Had my uncle Ken with us for the last. He's two week two and a half weeks now. He's leaving on Thursday. If you haven't gotten a chance to meet him. I encourage you to come over and meet Ken. Today. It's been a blessing having him around. And this is some of the things that he's been reminding me of. Of how. Telling me stories of how God has reminded him. To put him first. Even in his daily life. Life, getting into the word first he, he's, he told some kind of humorous examples of times where God was trying to teach him that he wanted him to put him first and to seek him first in a, just in, in daily life, in practical ways talked about the occasion uh, that um, he actually ended up his son-in-law called him and asked him to come over and, and help him with the Uh, Help him teach plumbing to somebody. And he ended up going over there. Hadn't had his devotional time that day. There were three events right back to back. And I'm not going to tell you all of them here today. But this is what it climaxed at. Because he's a German. Right? He's a German like me. We're stubborn. And it takes us a long time to learn things sometimes. And sometimes God has to do this. He steps out of his car. Steps right onto a board. Two nails go into his foot. Right? Uh, And then uh, what, what was the other time uh, Ken, what was the other time that happened when, when the Lord was reminding you to put Him first? Uh, there was one time that uh, I couldn't
1: time wrench while I was working on a vehicle, so after I had my
0: devotional time, yeah, absolutely. As soon as he had his devotional time, boom, he found the wrenches. And then the, and there was then there was the, the the other time too. What was that one, Ken? When um, oh you were working on a carburetor or a tiny oh, yeah. vehicle. Couldn't get it in time. Well, I went, and had my went and had his devotions. And he came back out and he plopped right back into place. Right? right. Now, we tell you these things. And, and this has been a great encouragement to me. Because it's not this idea. Hey, if I put God first. and everything is going to go right in my life. Then I'm just going to have these beautiful days. And there's always going to be music in the background. When I, when I walk <laughs> around. Right? But these are examples that God is saying. Listen. And, and these are ways that God was teaching Ken, no, 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 I'm first, I'm first. I have to be first in your life. And the same thing Ken has been telling me these last couple of weeks, the same thing in relation to tithes and his offerings. He's been telling me, I have to take that out right away. As soon as the check comes in, that, whether it be 10% or an offering that would go over that, needs to come out right away. Why? because He is first above everything else. And it's also a reminder to us once again that He owns everything, that's why we tired It's a reminder to us that continues to point to this reality like we talked about last week. God owns everything and therefore He needs to be first. Number one in your handout here today, reward. I'm gonna ask you to turn to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, we're gonna start in verses 24. If you don't have a Bible here today, you can raise your hand and someone would love to get you a Bible. If you don't have a Bible at all, that is our gift to you here today. You can take your, that Bible home, put your name in it, and read it because Bibles that sit on the shelves. Don't do it anybody hear it. That is true. Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 27. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it if a man, if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? So he lays this principle down of this reality. That if, if, if someone is after saving this life. About being all about this life. They're actually going to lose their life. But if they lose their life for Christ, that is, surrender their lives, submit it completely to Him, put His kingdom first above everything else, they're actually going to find life. They're actually going to find the purpose for which they were created. This is what He's reminding us of here. What profit, He asks the question, what profit would it be if you gave the whole world and lost your own soul? That would be absolutely foolish. Foolish approach to life. And then he gives us this reminder: the Son of Man will come in the glory of His Father. Do you believe that today? Do you believe Jesus Christ is coming back again? I sure do. I sure do. And I think, well, I, I, I get it's safe, right? To it's say it's we're getting closer and closer, right? Not picking days and times, but I will say this: I do believe, with all my heart, that God does want His people to know the generation that they're living. In. Because right when Jesus said we here, here's what we often do as, as Christians, we often say, Well no one knows the day or the hours, don't think about it. You can't figure it out anyways. Yes, the day and the hour you cannot figure out. But listen, church, he does talk about seasons quite a bit, doesn't he? He said this is what it's gonna be like, this is what you're gonna see happening in culture. This is this is this is where that uh, level is gonna be at. These are some of the things that you're gonna be able to recognize that are happening. So he does want us to know these things. So we get excited about that. He's going to come in, in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each one according to his works. He's going to render each one according to their works. He's going to give rewards, entitling the message eternity. These rewards are going to last forever. They're never going to be taken away from us. Nobody can step in and steal them or take them. They're not going to get old. They're going to last forever. That's why a couple of weeks ago, we were looking at the passage that reminded us where Jesus said, don't store up for yourselves treasures here in this life. Rather, store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where nothing can take it away. It's going to last forever. May we become more eternity-minded. May you and I begin to live in light of eternity. May you and I begin to contemplate the reality of eternity. May you and I begin to think about the reality we're not going to be here forever. We're actually only here for a short time. My uncle is 92 years old. Yes, that's a long time, according to our idea, humans' idea of what is long, right? But in light of eternity, 92 years is snap a finger. It barely would show up on the charts. And eternity is going to be forever and ever and ever and ever. It's never going to end. Therefore, we'd be wise if you and I begin to contemplate these things and say, listen, that's going to last forever. This life is temporary. May we be a people that are living for eternity. Amen? Amen? May we be a people that are living for this eternity. So he's talking about rewards here. For the believer, Christ coming and us being accountable to him. It's not a judgment of sin for the believer. That's been dealt with on the cross of Jesus Christ. Are you glad about that? Yes. Okay. He's, He's paid it. Jesus paid it all. We sing it all the time, right? Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. That's what Christ has accomplished for the believer. But there is eternal rewards that are going to be granted to those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. It's a biblical principle. So let's see if we can gain a biblical understanding, truly, of these rewards. Number two in your handout. What does scripture teach us? Teach about what the rewards are. What does scripture teach us about what these rewards may be? Uh, Turn in your Bibles to Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. And then I'm gonna let men start coming up here and I'm gonna say fathers, okay? We're gonna have fathers read for us some scripture here today. The ultimate reward is Jesus himself. Let me repeat that. The ultimate reward is Jesus himself. And everything that comes along with him. Of who he is and his character. There is no one who is greater than him. And here is what scripture talks about in relation to his presence. In the fullness of his presence. We can't even imagine it. Right? We, have, we have loved ones that have been believers and have passed on and gone into glory and been, be absent from the bodies and be present with the Lord we know these realities and we can only imagine in our minds what in, what are they experiencing right now? How great could it possibly be And then you begin to think about the fullness of this where we'll receive resurrected bodies, glorified bodies and be with him for all of eternity in the New Jerusalem quite a thought, and and, and our minds can run wild, and and scripture even reminds us, as crazy as our minds may run, they can never outdo what God has prepared, right, for those who love him, eye has not seen, nor has he heard, nor has it even entered, the heart or the mind of man, the things God has prepared for those who love him, it's beyond us. But here's what one of the things scripture does tell us about the presence of God. It says, you will show me the path of life. This is Psalm chapter 16 verse 11. In your presence is fullness of joy. In his presence is fullness of joy. This is the reason why John the Baptist told his disciples, it's okay that Jesus is getting more attention than me. Because actually in this, my joy is fulfilled. He must increase, I must decrease. what's going to be going on for all eternity. In His presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Can you imagine? Pleasures forevermore. We don't even know all the ins and outs of all of these realities but as best as we can imagine being in the presence of God. Oh we worship Him here. His Holy Spirit is living. Inside of us, and so there is communion that's taking place. It's real, it's true, and sometimes God even gives us a greater taste of what that's like. But it pales in comparison to be to be face to face with our King. Scripture would tell us, in His presence is fullness of joy, and His right hand of pleasures, and they never get old. Catch that? Pleasures forevermore; they're never going to end. You're not going to. One day be in the presence of God and say, this is getting a little mundane, it's never going to happen. It's going to be incredible. Be with Him. Paul, even though Paul didn't know all of these things, he says, I I tell you what, it's better that I depart and be with Him. But for others' goods, he says, it's good that I'm here. So he had some sort of a taste, but he still didn't know the depth of it, the height of it, the width of it. How about Revelation chapter 20, verse 6. Can somebody find that? I'm looking for fathers. we got this microphone on here, Rick. Can I get some fathers to come up and read some scripture for us here today? Well, somebody's looking up Revelation chapter 20, verse 6. I need another father to look up Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 23. Another father, look up Matthew 25, 14 through 23. And then Luke. Somebody else, look up Luke chapter 19, verses 12 through 19. Luke chapter 19, verses 12 through 19. Then I need someone else to look up 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3. Okay, so we got, someone's got Revelation 20, verse 6. Who's got that one? Come on up you're the next contestant (laughs)
1: thank you Paul Blessed and holy are those who have part in the first resurrection the second death has no power over them but they will be priests of God and of Christ, and will reign with Him for a thousand years. Amen. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate that. Isn't that awesome?
0: There is, a, there is an aspect where, where we are ruling and reigning with Christ now, absolutely. But there is coming a day and a time, in the context of what he's talking about here, during the millennial reign of Christ, where you and I, as believers in Christ, will be ruling and reigning with Him in the fullness of what that means. He's already called us, right, in Ephesians, that we've been, we, He's already appointed us, as or excuse me, Philippians, the kingdom of priests to our God, right? These are the realities of who we are. We're ministers to God right now, but we know it's not we haven't experienced the fullness of that yet, and yet there's coming a day where we will rule and reign the very physical sense and spiritual all at the same time with Christ, he says, for a thousand years. Man, that's pretty amazing. Think about that. What the rewards are. How about Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 23? You got a little bit taller of a for tax, before Maybe you want to bring a friend up, right?
2: Thanks, Carol. Hey, this is good on you. You look good, style? Yep. Right, 21 through... Yeah. Matthew 21 through twenty-three. So,
0: we're Matthew 25, Twenty five fourteen 14 through 23. 14, 14 through 23. Okay. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man
2: traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to the one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them. And made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gave two more, and also, and gave two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the
0: joy of the Lord. Amen. Ruler over many things. See, one of the problems that we have, even in Christian circles, is we believe what our culture has said, what cartoons have said in relation to eternity. That makes sense? A lot of times when we think about eternity, we think of somebody sitting on a white cloud right? With a harp and they got these wings now. I don't know where they got those from but they got these wings here now and they're singing songs on a harp. And I tell you what, when you read Scripture and I know it doesn't go into a ton of detail in Scripture on all of the things of what it's going to be like but it does give us indication of some of the things that are going to be happening for all of eternity and one of these things is going to be work. There was work before the fall, wasn't there? There was work before the fall. He gave them dominion to tend and to keep. We looked at that last week, right? To tend and to keep the garden. Brought all the animals before Adam. He said, you name them. And Adam called them all, one by one. Right? Amazing responsibility. That's not going to end when we get into eternity. What came with the fall was the curse that was put on work. So that it isn't as enjoyable. So that it's actually hard. By the sweat of the brow, right? It's difficult. These things are going to be removed. And there's going to be pleasures in the midst of the work. There's going to be positions. There's going to be, like he talks about here, a ruling. You've been faithful with this. This small thing, I'm going to put your ruler over many things. Listen to me, church and folk. What we do now and how we do it will matter for eternity. Yeah, sure. How you teach your classroom is going to matter for eternity. Right? How you, you name it, do electricity. Is going to matter for eternity. The things that God has given you responsibility over now. Is going to matter for eternity. It's beyond what we could ever comprehend. It's beyond what we could ever think. Luke chapter 19 verses 12 through 19. This is a similar one. Who has that one? Alright Alex come on up. If you feel like, oh, I'm gonna miss my opportunity, we got a lot of time.
1: Go ahead, Alex. All right, uh, Luke 19:12 through 19. He said, therefore, a nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself the kingdom, and then returned. Calling ten of his servants, he gave them ten meals, and said to them, "Engage in business until I come." But his citizens hated him, and sent a delegation after him, saying, "We do not want this man to reign over us." When he returned, having received the kingdom, he ordered the, the, he ordered these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him, that he might know what they had gained by doing business. The first came before him, saying, Lord, your mina has made ten minas more. He said to him, Well done, good servant, because you have been faithful in very little, you shall have authority over ten cities. Then the second came, saying, Lord, your mina has made five minas, and he said to him, and you are to be over five cities. Amen. Thank you. Authority over
0: cities. Right? Authority over cities. Much like we have cities now. I, I would gather from that that there's going to be other cities. Not just the new Jerusalem that's coming out of heaven. but But other cities. Right? If Revelation 20, verse 6 is talking about ruling and reigning with Christ for a thousand years, there's going to have to be authorities over these cities. That's that interesting to think about? These are some of the rewards that Scripture is talking about in relation to rewards that we receive. When He comes, like it said in Matthew chapter 16, He's coming and He's rewarding. In relation to the works that have been done. How about first Corinthians chapter six? And then I'm gonna actually have you read one through three of them. First Corinthians, who have that? Go ahead, Matt. Thank you. Yep, yeah, go ahead and do one through three. If any of you having a
2: matter against another, go to law before the unrighteous, and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more
0: things that pertain
2: to this life?
0: Amen. Thank you, man. And the shrink. to judge world. Not only that, we're going to judge angels. God's going to give us, they're going to be used at our disposal to be able to be sent out when there's tasks that need to get accomplished. In this, in the context of that text where he's talking about is you get down operating in the responsibilities that God has given us to operate in with all spiritual wisdom He's talking about handling and dealing with different issues that we deal with in life. He's saying the first place that we should be going to with these things is to the church. Don't you know that you're going to have greater responsibility than the things that we deal with here in this life when we get into eternity? You're going to have to judge over angels. So begin taking that God-given responsibility now that He's given us. Be dependent upon His Holy Spirit because that's what we need, right? Because we know left to ourselves, we'll do a terrible job, right? But when His Holy Spirit is filling us, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be operating out of the fullness of the Holy Spirit to be able to handle the different things of this life. Does that make sense here today? But it tells us, don't you know? And he said, this is future tense, but don't you know? This is what's going to happen. You're going to, the saints are going to judge the world and they're going to judge angels. Don't you know that? So now begin preparing yourself for what's coming, all right? So some of the things, these are just a few things that we have for eternal rewards, his presence. The fullness of who He is, Him being the greatest treasure that any one of us could ever have or ever imagine who He is. Number two, reigning with Christ during the millennial reign. Number three, ruling over many things. Authority over cities and judging the world and angels. Rewards. That He's promised to give. Number three in your handout. So what does scripture teach us about? What is rewarded? What is rewarded? Here are the rewards, but what is rewarded? Okay, you ready for another slew of verses? Everybody got their Bibles ready, men? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 8. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 8. And here's the next one. Romans chapter 2, verses 6 through 10. Romans chapter 2, verses 6 through 10. Luke chapter 6, verses 22 through 23. Luke chapter 6, verses 22 through 23. I'll get one more. Luke chapter 6, verse 35. Luke chapter 6, verse 35. Alright, who has Ephesians eight? Thanks, Jake. Ephesians, Ephesians 6.8.
2: Knowing that whatever good anyone does, this what
0: we receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bond servant or is free. Amen. Thank you, Jay. In this context of that passage, here, he's talking about not being self-seeking. Whether somebody he's talking specifically to bond servants here, saying about whether somebody's bondservant or free, slave or free, doesn't matter. Understand that we're receiving not a reward necessarily in in this life, but in that which is to come. From the greatest one that it matters, and that's Him. Right? God, the greatest, the only one that it matters what He thinks, is the one who's actually going to give us a reward. Hebrews talks about this. He who comes to God. It's in Hebrews chapter 11. He who comes to God must believe that He is. But the other thing that He wants you to believe about Him. Is that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. God wants you to believe and to know and to rest assured. And put all of your, everything you have into this reality. That He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. They will receive good rewarded for that which scripture says is good what else who's got Romans chapter 2 verses 6 through 10 go ahead Mike I like your shirt by the way oh, thanks <laughs> we got a bunch of them last here wow well, yeah what is that was it yeah, I think two times we did it, right? But last... Was that your That's right, it was my birthday. Everybody, all a lot of men came to church. I think it was a couple years ago anyways. Was it last year? Wearing this shirt right here. Our wife. So, we love them. They had all, they bought us all these shirts. We had no idea. We come walking in that Sunday and... I, you were the first one that I saw, Mike. What are the chances, man? We're wearing the same shirt, and then all of a sudden, out of everywhere, all the guys start showing up with this shirt. We love very So you out of, out of out of memory. You're wearing yeah. Father, that's good. Okay. Sorry, I got
2: distracted.
0: <laughs> uh, who will render
2: to each person according to his deeds? To those who, are, who by perseverance in doing good. Good seek for glory and honor and immorality and eternal life. But to those who are self, selfishly ambitious and, to, and do not obey the truth, but, but obey unrighteousness, wrath, and indignation, there will be tribulation and distress for every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first and also to the Greek. But glory and honor and peace to everyone who does good. To the
0: two first, and also to the three. There's a reward in there, by the way. To hear it. glory, honor, peace, right? Praise God. Obedience to the truth, obedience to the truth, is also going to be rewarded in eternity. Taking the word of God, believing it, walking in it, is going to be rewarded. How about Luke chapter six, verses twenty-two through twenty-three? Somebody have that one? Right? Some of you are thinking, it's almost my turn. Yeah, chapter 6, verse 22 through
2: 23. Uh, Blessed are you when men hate you, and when they exclude you, and revile you, and cast out your name as evil for the Son of man's sake. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for indeed your reward is great in heaven,
0: for in like manner their fathers did to the prophets. Amen. Thank you, Brian. Did you catch that? What's the reward on that one? Help me out. Thank you.
1: great. It's
0: great. Yep. But what's it, what's it, what are we, what is it, what is the reward given for? Suffering for Christ. Suffering for Christ. Persecution. This isn't the only place that it talks about this. This is a reality for all those who are in Christ. we the scripture would tell us this all those who desire to live a godly life, you're going to experience persecution. You can take that to the bank, it's going to happen. But you don't have to live in fear over that. In fact, it's good. In fact, it's a good thing. Because he wants to assure you of this reality it's actually, your reward in heaven is actually going to be great when you're persecuted. What a great encouragement as you're facing, as we continue to stand on the truth of God's word, especially in the culture that we're living in today. And we're saying, no, we're not going to compromise. No, these things are still truth because they're grounded and founded in the word of God. There's all kinds of backlash that can come from that. He says, no, no, don't worry about that. God's saying, the final word is, you're going to my presence. Unless they repent, they're not. That's why you need to continue to be a faithful witness there. That's why you need to continue to pray for them. And also, what you have coming is a great reward. And it's going to be Eternal. Going to last forever. These are the things that he means when he talks about storing up, don't store for yourself treasure here in this life. But store up rather treasure in heaven. This is what he's talking about. Persecution is going to be rewarded. Paul would even say, and he said, and everything that he was experiencing way more than any single person in this room. For sure, has ever experienced in your lifetime the things that Paul was experiencing, persecution. He says, he says I, I have a hard time even comparing them to the glory that's going to be revealed. It's so far beyond anything that we will ever experience here in this life. It's going to last forever. Persecution. Did I give somebody Luke chapter 6 verse 35? Now I'm going to give a few more, so get ready. Luke chapter 14, 13 and 14. I need that one too. Luke chapter 14, 13 and 14. Matthew chapter 10 verse 42. Matthew 10 verse 42. Matthew 19 verse 21. Matthew 19, 21. And then Luke chapter 16 verses 11 and 12. Luke chapter 16 verses 11 and 12. But Luke chapter 6, 35. Who has that one? Thanks Thomas.
2: Start over. Okay. <laughs> but love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the unthankful and evil. Amen. Thank you, Thomas.
0: What is going to be rewarded? You know the reward is great, but what is there in that context did he say is going to be a reward? Buddy? What's that?
1: Loving your enemies.
0: Loving your enemies. Absolutely. Loving your enemies, lending to those who cannot repay, and being merciful. Loving your enemies, lending to those who cannot repay, and being merciful. See, so often in this life, tell me if I'm wrong on this, we get gypped on something, we get cheated out, it's kind of like, oh my word can't believe that happened to me. And God says, don't worry about that. You just do what I've called you to do. You just be faithful. It's not always going to have the outcome that maybe you would want in your particular situation that you're going through. It might not always have that kind of a result, but don't worry. The judge of all the earth is taking care of you. In fact, that's one of the things that He's doing when He comes back. He's coming to bring perfect justice. Right? We live in an imperfect world right now. We live in a world that is, that is under the curse, right? That's going to be removed. He's coming back to establish perfect justice. And He's promising you and I right now. That as you love your enemies. As you do good to those who mistreat you. As you forgive those who revile you. Coming a day when you're going to be rewarded. So live for eternity. Don't live for the here and now. Lending to those who cannot repay. Jesus would actually say, When you throw a feast, who are you inviting? Right? Challenge people who you invite to your feasts? Invite those who probably aren't going to invite you to theirs. You know, basically in a nutshell, what he said: love your enemies, be merciful. And here's the interesting thing: on all of these things, we're not when we do this, we're not treating people any differently than we've been treated by a father. We do it imperfectly, right? But imperfectly. But when we're merciful with others, we have mercy on others. Guess what we can be reminded of? Oh man, our Father has had mercy on us. Otherwise, where would we be? Right? When we lend to those who cannot repay us. Oh man, how? Anybody in here even want to claim that you could somehow repay God for what He has given you? Absolutely not. When you love enemies, You ever contemplate that before Christ saved you, you were an enemy of him in his kingdom? Nobody was a friend of God. Until God came in and intervened, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, died for enemies. All of these things are an overflow of what Christ already has done in us. Alright, how about Luke chapter, which one? That was 35. Okay, Luke chapter 14, verse 13 and 14. Who has that one? If you're wondering if it's you, it, it is. <laughs> Bruce, it's you, man.
2: Uh, verses thirteen and fourteen. But when you give a reception, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed, since they do not have the means to repay
0: you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Amen. That good? I guess that's the one that I was alluding to there, right? We covered that one then, right? But serving those who cannot repay. Serving those that cannot repay. How about Matthew chapter ten verse forty two? Matthew ten, forty two. Time has come. Thanks, Paul.
2: gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple truly I tell you that person will certainly not lose their reward
0: Amen. Isn't that good what does that tell us it tells from the smallest things to the greatest things what has been done for his kingdom and those who are part of his kingdom he says you're not going to lose your reward he says, especially those who are of the household of faith you're not going to lose your reward it matters from the giving of a cup of cold water to maybe the most grandest thing that you could possibly think of. God is paying attention. Isn't that good? God is paying attention. He cares. How about Matthew chapter 19, verse 21? Thanks, Dave. Matthew 19, verse 21.
1: Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go. Sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me.
0: Amen. Thank you. And you see the poor brought up quite a bit in Scripture, don't you? Those that don't have, are they being taken care of? For the glory of God. Right? Giving generously the poor you'll have great reward then he says and come follow me following Jesus has great reward following Christ taking up your cross bearing the cross that God has given us to bear here in this life following in his footsteps how about Luke this is the last one Luke chapter 16 verse 11 and 12 if you're wondering, am I going to get a chance? This is it. (laughs) Luke 16, verses 11 and 12. Thank you, Jason.
2: Luke 16, 11 and 12. So, if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own?
0: Amen. Faithfulness is going to be rewarded. Right? A lot of the different things that we're dealing with, one of the things I talked about on the first week of the marriage class that's happening right now. By the way, I just want to encourage more and more people to come be a part of that. One of the things that they talked about in there is that we live in the little moments of life. We live in the little moments of life. And what those little moments in our lives are doing is revealing what's truly in our hearts. It's allowing those things to be revealed what we do with the small things may we begin to look at little things in this life as tests god is saying what are you going to do with what i've given you in that area of your life is based upon what you do with that and your faithfulness with that oh you may think it's small it's not small in god's eyes. everything's a big deal to god can we say that today everything's a big deal with god Don't think it doesn't count. Don't think it doesn't matter. It is a big deal with God. Your faithful with little. He has promised. The reward within eternity is much. These are biblical principles that are taught throughout Scripture. What do we need to continue to focus on as we think about these realities and all these passages that we looked at here today? To not be self-seeking, right? Reaching out to the least of these, and that talked about quite a bit. To the least of these, those maybe that we think in our minds cannot repay. Not self-seeking and living for the glory of the King. This is how we live for the glory of the King. and Like we began here today, that King is coming back. He's coming back again. Take that to the bank. He's coming back and he's bringing with him his reward. It all matters. So may we live for eternity. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word here today. We thank you for the truth. We thank you for what you're doing in and through our lives. By the power of your Holy Spirit in your word. Let it work its perfect work in us Lord. Continue to transform us. From glory to glory. From faith to faith. Continue to take us deeper into yourself. And oh God. Help us to be ever eternity conscious. Knowing. That you are on top of everything. You're in control of everything. You're holding everything in your hands. And you see it all. And you're working through it all, God. And you're trustworthy. All for the glory of your name. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask the Father to stand up here as well. All the fathers that are here, just want to pray a blessing over you. Once again, like Dave said, make sure you get your stick before you leave here today. Extra cup of coffee. Fathers, we're thankful for you. You've been given an incredible gift as a father, but you've also been given an incredible responsibility as a father. May we continue to grow as fathers that live for eternity. Amen. May our lives be marked by men who are living for eternity. We pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for all the men that are standing right now. Oh God, I ask your blessing upon them. In these days, in these times that we're living in God, fill them afresh with your Holy Spirit, God. Strengthen them. With your might, not their own strength, your might, God. We thank you for them, God. Help them to fulfill the ministry that you've called them to. For your honor, for your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said.